It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Niler 9 podcast. It's episode 103 of the Niler 9 podcast. And we've got more tunes to discuss than Phil Hogan has contradictory statements. Andrea Cleary, how are you? I'm very well now. How are you? <laughs> uh, yes, I'm feeling good after uh, a nice holiday, nice break. Uh, mm-hmm. First time I've had off since March, which is uh, kind of crazy. But um, um, in, the, in the intervening weeks, we did put out a... A lovely podcast chat with Denise Chyla, Murley and God Knows, which has yeah. been doing really well. And um, are you feeling like you want to do Dungeons and Dragons now still? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, actually. So I'm looking for a DM because <laughs> um, I think Denise is kind of getting her ducks in a row because um, we, we fully plan on on doing a campaign with her. But um, she's... She's pretty busy over the next little while. So if anyone out there is a DM. Yeah, if you're a dungeon master. <laughs> uh, DM me. Go back and listen to our <laughs> podcast from last week where we uh, Denise yeah, talks about I just... um, getting into Dungeons and Dragons, something that I was mm. also doing uh, during lockdown as well. So uh, yeah. very good. It's very, it's very hard to find a, another kind of group that have a, a game or a campaign. Do you call that campaign? I guess, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be like, hey guys, can I? Can I join? Can I join in? Yeah, um, yeah it's harder than you think to find Dungeons and Dragons people um, <laughs> these days but if you're out there look hit me up some people start fantasy football leagues we can start a Dungeons oh. and Dragons uh, campaign so yes, you know please. why not yeah. I uh, um and you had a nice time as well you were you took a few days away from Dublin as well I took a few days away from Dublin to spend time in the sea which was really nice um and I'm kind of learning how to swim a bit well I'm kind of teaching myself how to swim I don't know if that's like the best idea but um yeah no I had a great time went down to visit my mom and the dog in Tremor and um I swam like every day I was doing some solo swims saw a jellyfish which wasn't cool (laughs) um and then when I came back from Tremor loads of people were sending me these articles of like 
all of these insane jellyfish have been spotted in Tremor oh. don't go in the water and I was like oh I was there I was fully <laughs> fully one of them like floated past my face and I was just like no he looked like a little baby one but I was still really freaked out just having I hadn't swam in the sea and like apart from doing like at the 40 foot where you just like jump in and out I hadn't swam in the sea since I was like pretty much a kid and just forgot the jellyfish were a thing just forgot they existed yeah. entirely you know at least but, at least they don't don't try and hurt you or like they, they're not coming towards you um <laughs> this one fucking was <laughs> really? this this fellow well You're, he was sussing the me out. He, yeah he was figuring out what what his next move was and i was like i'm out of here <laughs> i did some sea swimming as well myself um good, i only seem to swim outside of dublin um so mm. some a lot of Kerry. three times i think i got on the water in Kerry once in dingle it's so crazy like dingle was so crazy busy and i think it, when we arrived that was a tuesday and um i think people were actually just there to see fungi and as soon as you left and went on sleigh head or went out to the beach it was really quiet um which how's fungi did you see him no but i saw eight other dolphins on the way to the skellix so uh so i looked out I on saw, that i so, saw your your instagram of that yeah. and i was very jealous win for me oh can opening too and oh. um, i have a bottle i opened it before we recorded yeah I have one there was one can in the fridge so i'm, I'm saving it for this uh, unusually lovely day and the return yeah. of our podcast so what are we going to be talking about this week uh, we're going to be reviewing the angel olsen album which is called whole new mess and uh that is a companion sort of album i guess we get into it uh, when we're talking about it um uh, similar to all mirrors from last year nine of, uh, of the 11 songs share um the same dna or well i guess they're from the same well and we'll be discussing that and we've got songs of the week as well uh, but before that well um i guess we're going to catch up on what's been happening in the world of music which is you know as we've been discussing not a lot on the live front but uh, even more so in terms of god the confusion last week was something else and it's worth repeating because it just at the moment, the Phil Hogan thing and the EU commissioner, the Oireachtas societies, all that stuff, <coughs> 81 people having a having a, a dinner in uh, Clifton at a golf outing is now taking over any other news story at the moment. But there was a lot of momentum being built up last week, especially the restrictions were announced, further restrictions were announced uh, to do with live events. First of all, while I was away, I missed that whole Berlin, Jess Brennan thing, Um Oh, did you? Which now seems like you're better off. A long time yeah, ago, it feels like a million years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, really it's does. it was quite bizarre, even just to hear about it. And then the restrictions were uh, brought back to okay. So last week, the what happened was they were announced that we were not going to be able to do. They were not going to be expanding the numbers. First of all, which was going to be 100 people indoors and 500 outdoors. Instead of that, it didn't even stick at 500 people or 50 people indoors and 200 uh, outdoors. It got reduced for some reason. We still don't quite know. From 50 people indoors um, got reduced to 15 in some places, which is not doesn't um, apply to events, which took them ages to clarify. Now, this mm. is the government, the Irish government uh, had to be had to be asked multiple times to clarify what they actually meant and they went back and forth about what they actually were saying and the whole thing just added up to this absolute 
clusterfuck of what was going on in terms of what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And for some reason, outdoor uh, capacity was reduced to 15 people, um, which makes no sense at all and doesn't follow. And in, indoor to six, unless you're a cinema or you're a theatre and uh, or a venue Art that gallery. is primarily used to, um, that has a raised stage and is primarily used for the performance of um, theatre. Yes. Or drama. But still, um, yet, no mention of music yeah. venues. The very good interview with Vinnie Casey um, of The Workman's and his own musical career fame um, on last week's No Encore. Uh, they interviewed him, Dave Hanratty interviewed him kind of in the midst of all of this confusion. I think it was on like the Wednesday night when yeah. um, it was very, very bizarre to hear him talk about how he he was on, he and the Workmans were, were on the 6-1 news and it was one thing. And then by the time the nine o'clock news had come that night, it was a different message from the government. It was really, really bizarre to kind of hear what that does to somebody who is trying to organize events and trying to run a venue and trying to and I mean as he said no one's making money from the gigs that he's been trying to put on it's literally just a a kind of a a, a bit of a morale booster I suppose or just some kind yeah, of yeah it's just of to get people returning. back to work get some some kind of activity going yeah um, you're talking about a 50 capacity or 40 capacity I think um socially distant show I'm actually going to the workman's this week to go to a gig to see what it's like oh wow um so it's this Thursday night um yeah and then just that confusion of what's actually happening uh festivals like Fringe had, and Dublin Theatre Festival had to st- like cancel outdoor events that they had planned because they presumed they were going to be very safe, uh, which is very, fairly reasonable. So the whole thing adds up to if there wasn't already this feeling that the Irish government don't understand the arts, it is even more compounded now at the moment. Like, I mean, a month ago, I wrote a piece about how the UK had announced a fund to save venues from insolvency and all this kind of stuff and asked, will the Irish government do the same? Well, the answer, as I said on Twitter uh, during the week, was, well, the Irish government doesn't even recognise that venues exist because they don't even use the word music venues anywhere in any of these restrictions in any point. And it's like, to me, it's a bit like... You know, we had the Dance Hall Act of 1923 and it was where music was seen as insightful and therefore, you know, you, jazz was a was an issue and you couldn't be seen to be dancing or doing anything like that. It was why we have that law, restrictions and licensing around that stuff. And here we are nearly 100 years later and it does feel like the government is doing the exact same thing. It's afraid of, of what the power of music almost. It's a, it feels a bit mm. like that. It's like they don't want to uh, you include the word music venues in their restriction because that gives people license to do things and therefore craziness might happen. Yet at the same time, the jobs and the, all the boils uh, down in Clifton are do whatever they want without being socially distant and whatever. So. Yeah. And like I, I in in the past kind of couple of weeks or month or so, I think it's uh, I saw today on on Twitter that it, today is Michal Martin's sixtieth day as Taoiseach, which feels utterly bizarre. Feels like ten years at this stage, but in that kind of period, I've obviously for my job been interviewing a lot of musicians and artists, and the kind of the resounding. Um, attitude or feeling that I'm hearing back from people in the arts is that they're feeling just so ignored and so like the government is treating their jobs as a hobby um, as opposed to a viable career that actually brings in 
uh, money for the country and not even just in terms of tourism and not in terms of um, even our, our biggest acts that kind of go out and, you know, draw people, draw people to Ireland. Just just the actual what feels like a small economy um, in, in our venues in, you know, like Dublin and Limerick and Galway and Cork um, and, and elsewhere as well and, and smaller venues um, is actually you know, propping up a pretty significant part of our economy that the government, if, if they don't want to come at it from the arts angle, if they don't want to come at it from the like humanity based helping people angle, then they should at least look at it from that angle because it is it is ridiculous that they, that they're just happy to have so many people out of work and not try not trying to get, get them back to work and just, you know, suggesting that they should retrain and so, like which they, they have kind of reneged on that. um on that stance, thankfully, but it's it's just such a fucking nightmare at the moment. And I feel so sorry for people who are trying their very best um, under all of this, like almost gaslighting and ignorance of the government. Um, yeah, it's um, it's hard to imagine how fine. they could inherit a system that with Fine Gael at least was working um, in terms of communication and mess it up so badly, like Fianna Fáil messing it up so badly. Yeah. And it seems like golf is going fine though. Golf is like, grand. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a lot there's a lot of golf a lot going of golf on that happening. I didn't know about. Yeah. Funny, golf. I was actually in Adair on the on the Thursday that um uh, Phil Hogan was as well. Oh, did you see him? He well, sped I, by in his car. I could have been he? inches from my, I literally, well, not inches, yeah. meters. I could have, um, yeah. I did actually. Uh, <laughs> not, not that he'd care. No, not that he'd care. But I did actually uh, take a, a turn in the driveway of the Adair Golf Club where the you do tee off. So he could have been right there. Who knows? Um, yeah. And then with the venue stuff as well, I think, you know, what's coming down the line is the the panic as well. Like in terms of, like, to be frank, you know, what's happening with, ourselves and at myself and nine or nine and not being able to put on the gigs or dj or anything like that there's no money coming in anywhere and yet the pub is going to go down to 300 unless there's a campaign to keep it that uh 350 for per week for the music and the arts and entertainment sector um it's very grim and then when the promoters especially and i feel bad for the promoters especially who are trying to do these events i try to do these outdoor events there's two gigs from in ballykeef in kilkenny last uh, that were put on sale last week outdoors in an amphitheater with lisa hannigan and they had to be cancelled because they could not get any sort of um answer about what was required for them to put them on um, and they decided they could not go ahead. Uh, there was an email sent out. So basically the government guidelines after all this bullshit last week uh, said, if anybody has any questions, any venues or promoters have any question, email this address. And so far, no one has got any uh, email back other than a generic one. So it's just people are feeling, feeling very patronized and infuriated and angry and disenfranchised about the whole thing. And um, it's not... Yeah, there's, there, I mean, I think we knew this was going to happen already. Like, there, it'd be very lucky for you to go to any sort of gig beyond the kind of seated sit-down ones before the end of the year. Even the likes of, say, other voices, a lot of people were, you know, really looking forward to that. Having been down in Dingle and talking to people there, 
it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. The pubs aren't open. Uh, one of the venues, Nelly Fred's, is no longer a venue. It's now a candle shop. Um, and the woman who owns that was saying, you know, this is obviously like stating the obvious, but in a way, your optimistic brain is like, oh, the future, maybe Dingle in December, it'll be able to happen. There's no way other voice would be able to do Dingle with the music trail and bands and stuff like that packed into little small venues in December. Um there's just no way. And same for Iceland Airways, which was another, a lot of people's, a good few number of people I talked to in the last six months were like, well, at least Airways will have Airways in, in um, November because Iceland is isolated and it's been doing really well in terms of its coronavirus. But they've brought in further restrictions on events and all that kind of stuff as well and, and social distancing and everything. If if people are traveling, you're going to get it. You're going to get more cases, all that stuff. So it's fairly um, dejecting at the moment and a very sad, weird time we're all living in where you can't, you're not allowed to do what your, what your life's work is. And then, but you're also being hemmed in in terms of financing. We're told you have to like the money you'll be getting every week from the government will be brought down until you're basically on the dole and you're can't afford to live like you were living in february anymore so it's just crazy it's and then living in dublin as well so look um that's where we're at at the moment i'm sure it's going to change in the next couple of weeks uh, they are waiting originally epic were planning a big uh, day on the 16th of uh, september and that was because the doll was coming back then but now the doll is back so i'm not sure what's going to happen exactly but there's just so much messing around in terms of what's happening who's doing what and we need action. We need um, actual. So the call to action is actually going to be on the 16th of September. So look at Epic 2020 group, Epic Working Group on Twitter and various other places. Um, and you'll see what their plan is for on the 16th of September if you're involved in music. Now, someone else who has been uh, weighing in on the uh, gig front uh, in terms of what should be happening is uh, Van Morrison. Noted curmudgeon Van Morrison uh, put a post on his website this week that uh, didn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, he wasn't very clear in what he was no. stating. Uh, yes, he said he was he was asking people to save live music, to stand up and fight the pseudoscience and speak up. Um, he says uh, he wants uh, full capacity gigs to come back, uh, even though he's doing some socially distant gigs. He said he's doing those to get his band out up and running and out of the doldrums he says sir andrew lloyd weber and myself appear to be the only people in the music business trying to get it back up and running again i don't know who he's talking to but um you're wrong there van uh i call on my fellow singers musicians i know you you don't know what lloyd weber's doing behind the scenes now i don't oh, that's all i'm no saying one knows. he 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 could fix if anyone can do it anyway the, the point that stands here is that he's saying come forward stand up fight the pseudoscience and speak up and he's not quite clear what he's referring to, but presumably he's on. He's uh, one of those people that we've lost to um, algorithms or or uh, people who just believe fundamentally that uh, the coronavirus is something that we should all. Ah, uh, yeah, freedom. We need our freedom. Some, not uh, someone's been on health. the phone to Jim Core. Like, oh yeah, well look, someone's been sending him Q and on links and uh, all of that garbage. Um, I don't know, and I mean he's he's in the midst of all this, all these celebratory birthday things of um 
it's like his, his 75th birthday yeah or 75th like birthday H- I think Hot Press are doing that whole like month of people performing and stuff yeah that's ongoing right now so <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like a really so. bad time for anyone who's been asked to do anything uh, related no, to no that Van sucks like, um, but Van, Van Morrison's gas because it's like it, it, it's such a it's almost like a Morrissey level um, kind of dichotomy between how I feel about his music and how I feel about like anything else he has to say it's just if he's talking, I'm not listening. But if he's singing, I'm all about it, you know, that kind of way. But uh, yeah, what, what a gobshite. Yeah. Well, at least... <laughs> I don't even know what else to say about at it. At least like, we have Jedward. Who who thought we'd be talking uh, saying that, you know? I mean, we hope... Jedward, Jedward, my reason to be cheerful this week. <laughs> okay, well, let's um, get into it then. Your reason to be cheerful. <laughs> just Jedward, just generally TGIJ. Um, I... I love them. Um, I have yet to get a DM from them. I'm a bit upset about that. I, but, um, <laughs> I've got a DM from Jedward a while back. Have you? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't got one yet. But I'm not. I'm not in the business of. I'm not in the business of baiting one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try any of that. If they think I'm doing a good job, they'll tell me. But um, yeah, I I just think they're doing an amazing job. Um, really properly. Like I mean, we talked about them back during the. Black Lives Matter protests when they they were in the states like um and someone they 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 weren't publicizing it themselves or anything it was like somebody caught them on on the camera on their phone and they were just going past on a car one of them inside the car one of them on the roof with a what do you call those things? Like a megaphone, just yelling, no justice, no peace, no fascist police. And the thing was like, is that Jedward? <laughs> Everyone was like, yeah, it's Jedward. Absolutely killing it. Um, and then obviously they come home, they're like fully calling out Jim Core. They're calling out the no masks, uh, yellow vest um, protests that they that, that was going on there um, a few days ago. They're they're just being amazing, um, and I've I've always loved them. Do you know? Like I never I never had any ill will towards them. I think they're just really gas, really strange boys, and I'm so happy that we have them, and I'm so happy that they that they veered left. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, they're they're just such good boys. Um, and if anyone out there is still kind of like doubting Jedward or is still a bit like you know, or fucking Jedward, just uh, give them a shot because, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to listen to their music or anything. They do have a new album out, uh, which I've yet to listen oh, to. Oh, that, might, that might, It might be a bit of a shout for a future podcast, Niall. <laughs> we'll see about Cheer that. Cheer us one. up a bit, you know. Yeah, you never know. Um, There's plenty coming yeah. up though. There's plenty coming up in terms of music. There are, um, yeah, but, you know, yeah. TGIJ. <laughs> uh, well, my reason for cheerful this week is uh, one of the reasons, um, one of the people that we talked to on the podcast last week, uh, which is God Knows, and he released a East Coast remix of the Who's Asking oh. uh, original track that came out in February. Uh, it features Mango, Nilo, Scripta and Rebel Phoenix and a video by Dave Tynan. And so- Can I just say that video is unbelievable like it's it is so good it's just so like it's so energetic and huge I absolutely love it yeah it's brilliant um all shot around Dublin um with all the lads wearing masks and hanging out um in Wood Key <laughs> and lots of dancers and stuff um it sounds a bit like yeah. this yeah. 
a bigger man. I don't need to speak to no middle man. I just show up and always deliver man. Kill him when I spit him when they give me any rhythm man. God knows I got flows and I got to win them team like cockroach. Give a fuck where how you feel though. Only warm when my dogs ain't need no light. Rebel P, my pedigree. In the trenches to build that legacy. Now funny how things unfolded. Give a front row pack, I'm a schedule loaded. Still here to the bell, kid. Never fake my phone for no count shit. So fuck anyone who dealt it. They make a meet every word they counted, yeah. Yeah, so who's asking again? So who's asking again? <laughs> it is God Knows and uh, that's the East Coast All-Stars remix featuring Scripta, Nilo, Mango and Rebel Phoenix. Uh, if, and like we touched on the podcast last last week, if there's what everything else seems to be going to shit, at the very least, Irish music this year has been, and particularly like the likes of God Knows and Denise, they've just been killing it and they've been doing great things and they've been making things, making me feel like very positive for music and creativity and collaboration. Yeah. And I think... I mean, if if people haven't listened to our conversation with them uh, that we released last week, it it was like, I don't know about you, but I walked out of the room that day just feeling like so much lighter and so much, like I genuinely felt like everything was going to be okay. There's such a positive group of people to be around the three of those guys like they're they're incredible like their energy is incredible um and I just I really can't wait until we can start being in a room and seeing them with a proper crowd and really you know in their element um I can't wait until that's the thing again yeah and it was you're right and and what I really liked about it myself was just the fact that you know you didn't have um we didn't have questions prepared as I think we say at the start but like it was just a free-flowing conversation. Um, I think I, I barely even talked in the whole thing, really. I was, like, <laughs> just listening. And it was just lovely to be able to share that space with three people and yourself who were just, you know, we were just having a chat and it was lovely. And it was really yeah. a reminder of why you, you want to do interviews in the first place. And, yeah. you know, you you don't want, I don't have, there was no agenda. We were just listening to people share their thoughts in a unfiltered fashion. And I think that was why people are reacting to it as well. So do go listen to that if yeah. you have a chance great. this week. It's really, it's, really great. It's there on the feed. Um, so that's uh, our reason to be cheerful. The album of the week this week is from Angel Olsen. It is called Whole New Mess. And here is the title track. Make a whole new mess again Make a whole new mess again Make a whole new mess. 
All right, that was Angel Olsen. The album is called Whole New Mess and it is out this Friday. Um, where do we start with it? It is a album which comes close on the heels of last year's All Mirror, Mirrors, which we uh, did review on the podcast and talk about um, and had differing opinions on last year. It's kind of a solo album this time around. Uh, it features nine of the 11, nine of the 11 songs on the record uh, share ideas lyrics sounds melodies and uh are with all mirrors but they were reworked or titled in different ways with an alternative track list on the album the album was actually recorded in 2018 late 2018 in the unknown and isolated old church that was converted into a studio by mount Erie's phil elverham and producer nicholas wilbur in a small town of anacortes in washington and the album was basically Herself, uh, Angel Olsen, and a guy called Michael Harris, who uh, lived for 10 days in a rental and built a daily ritual of getting coffee each morning in a nearby bookstore. They hiked Mount Erie, visited state parks, and strolled the empty streets of the town beneath the full moon. But mostly the sessions were casual, relaxed, and quiet, allowing Olsen the space to fully explore the feelings that she had in those songs. And um, that sounds positively idyllic in terms of that but the album is actually um the producer michael harris uh recorded the album in the unknown with Olsen and just her and her guitar pretty much so it's markedly different it's not really i think i thought i was getting demos of the album originally but it's definitely not just demos it's it's something else that's drawn from the same book of songs and Jen Olsen, in regards to the songs themselves says I'd gone through this breakup, but it was so much bigger than that. I'd lost friendships too. When you get out of a relationship, you have to examine who you are or where in all of the relationships I wanted to record when I was still processing those feelings. So these are personal, the personal takes encapsulated in a moment. So, um, Andre, you were a big fan of uh, All Mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, so will we start with kind of figuring out where these two sit together yeah. in terms of... Um, listening and enjoyment sure yeah um so i i think i said during that um the review the podcast that we did when we reviewed all mirrors that it was her best work so far and i think that now listening to this album and how those songs are reworked or how they were reworked for all mirrors i think i still stand by that because the dna of these songs like you said are are still very much the same um and i think but like crucially, I I really do prefer this album to that album because um, I I do remember losing a lot in in some of the songs on All Mirrors in the more kind of synth heavy songs. I went back and had a listen over the past couple of days, and I still I still maintain that the the more orchestrally driven tracks are that tend to come that tended to come later in the album um i i veered more towards those and a bit less towards the the synth heavy ones so when when you take that away now and those those songs are kind of stripped down uh so to speak um i can i can really hear the bones of them and i can really hear their uh, what what their dna is um and yeah, I think I I think where where the previous album served that idea of a bigger picture, um, Angel Olsen as an arranger and as a kind of a as a composer, I think that this album is is much more about her songwriting, um, and 
Um, I, I know that those are kind of two sides of the same coin. So it, it makes sense that these albums are two sides of the same coin, but they are very much serving different aesthetics. And this just happens to be an aesthetic that is more in tune with what my taste in music is. Um, and I think, you know, I, I've heard other albums that sound like All Mirrors, you know, but I, I, I mean, the Wise Blood album from that was also last year wasn't it or was that the year before that was last year yeah um that that's that would be a good touch point for all mirrors but I think when she's working like this in this space and in, in the space that she's working in um on whole new mess like there's really nobody else like her um and you know where where all mirrors interested me musically and kept me engaged um whole new mess moved me and kind of took me out of the analytics of listening to music and just it just into this whole kind of transported space where it was just emotion on emotion on emotion I actually I found it the first time I listened to it um I I couldn't listen to it the whole way through because I was I I didn't want to rush through it do you know I I've every single song that I was hearing this is the the new album um every single song that I was hearing I was so like hit by it and moved by it that I I didn't want to just rush into the next song so I found it like I really had to take my time with it or I, rather I wanted to take my time with it because I didn't want my first listen of this album to be over too quickly um because there's there's just certain records that you know you only you only really hear them well you obviously only hear them for the first time once and I knew that this was one that where I wanted to really kind of savor that um especially having that level of familiarity with the songs and hearing how they've been transformed um or how the touch points that you think you have on them are warped and changed and she's going in kind of new and interesting directions uh whether it's with her voice or whether it's um what she's doing with the guitar or whether it's how her, her, her how the kind of the I mean I hasten to say production but you know how 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 her voice is recorded and how it moves in that space um can just change one half of a song completely to, to to the other half of the song. So yeah, I think well, while there is a kind of a B-side aesthetic to this record, it's definitely not an album of B-sides. It's definitely its own unique thing. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. I think it's fair to say the aesthetic of this album is very much, um, well, it's not mm. a demo necessarily, but they do lean into the kind of, you know, it's a mm. bit rough. It's a bit ragged and that's intentional in terms of the vocals sounding a bit distorted at times, some of the instruments sounding a bit distorted. It's like it's taking up the entire dynamic space. And that's because, you know, with the denseness and vastness of all mirrors removed, the unadorned nature of, of Angel Olsen's music is, and the strength of her music is that her voice is at its centre and it's that voice alone, regardless of anything else that's happening around it, is has the ability to take you somewhere. And that's what all great singers do. And that's what mm. all great singers possess. And I think she is a great singer. And so that's why we talked about it before. Like Faze is the kind of B-Sides album. Like some of that stuff kind of is some of my favorite Angel Olsen music because it's just, it's sort of unfiltered. It is direct expression. It's her and her guitar there's not a huge amount of production. And I think for me, 
that's why I didn't like O'Meara's that much because I felt like there was too many attempts to make this huge, uh, very large production with arrangements and lots of strings that were kind of folding on each other and coming back and forth. And uh, and then there was the kind of other element, like, this, yeah, very dense production that had a lot of electronic stuff and then had other things going on. And you just weren't sure. It just never really seemed to gel for me completely. I just never really was like, yeah, this is what I want. Um, so I much enjoy, much more uh, prefer this kind of production when it comes to a singer like this where her voice is the centre appeal of, of her music for me and um, I could listen to it all day. And I could listen to it a cappella, and this is as close as we're going to get to that. Um, and that's why I really like it. And it's also, I guess, the other part of this is that we've heard some of these songs in different, in more fully formed or fully fledged versions before. So it's interesting uh, going back and, and hearing. I actually did a like for like on a lot of them today just to hear Me too, yeah. how they sounded. Yeah. And other than there's a few songs which I think are really strong mm. on All Mirrors, that which are also strong here, like the um, what which ones? Um, All Mirrors itself, uh, which is kind of the same song from a different angle on this album, but mm. it's both it's very strong on that album as well. I think uh, t- tonight without you as well. Yeah, are you know similar enough in their delivery, but just kind of different. Yeah, in their tone or their timbre. Yeah, and that one's this one obviously much more stripped down. I think mm. that's the only one for me that maybe feels a bit more one dimensional on this mm. record. Where a lot of the other ones, um, I really enjoy the different takes that she's doing. I mm. really enjoy like Too Easy, Bigger Than Us, the second track on on this album, uh, Only Mess, kind of issues that Twin Peaks atmosphere in favor of a more guttural, direct delivery and that's something I really enjoy yeah and I think that's where she shines uh, a lot and then there are also there are new songs here there's two new songs in particular and they're both very very strong and uh, a whole new mess which opens the record which we heard there works really well as the intro mm. and uh, certainly a very strong song that could have fit on all mirrors in some capacity and then waving and smiling is the other one um, which are both excellent tracks so they're not just you know they're my, they're my two the track list they're my two favorites actually on the album I, I think waving smiling is the one that i've listened to the most um i think that's an absolute that's up there with unfuck the world for me like it's or may, may, maybe not quite there because I do, I do i think that that song is a bit of an all-timer but um i i love waving smiling and, and whole new mess i think that they they gel so beautifully here um and I'd be interested to know if she does have that orchestral all mirrors versions of, of these tracks, because I think Waving Smiling would work just in terms of how it is moving tonally. Um, she's doing very interesting things with chords there that I could imagine um, a choir working well with or um, just kind of maybe like four part harmony or just something a bit more or- orchestral working well with it but I just think it's so beautiful on its own um, these songs are on this record are just they connect in a real human uh, way where do you think that that's, is... that's got anything to do with like where we're at globally oh possibly you know and I mean even even going back to listen to all mirrors this week I found it more suitable to the time that we're living in than I did last year I think Um, it's it's maybe harder I'm finding it harder to connect with grandiosity at the moment I think yeah um in intimacy and closeness 
um, feel more appropriate at the moment. I'm just. I understand um, that. Yeah, the intimacy of of music, um, like this and say the Taylor Swift record and then for me it's the other side the further side the escapist level mm. of music where you know the likes of the Dua Lipa record which or which just I like, found it really really hard to connect with that record during right. lockdown you know yeah but um, that's just pure escapism in yeah. lots of ways and that's you know and I, I feel the same about we'll touch on one of those uh, tracks and songs of the week this week just like escapist dance music mm-hmm. that I really have been connecting with a lot because it just takes me somewhere else and in the same way that's what Angel Olsen does here in lots of ways it's her voice that takes me places that makes me feel different uh, like I'm not just I don't know it's it's transportative and that's the thing about her music and that's the thing about her voice mm. it does feel like that it does feel like you're you're it's a window into her soul more yeah. than anything else and I and think she she manages to kind of walk that line between on this record um between being really grounding and that kind of transformative transportative thing that she does where you know there's a lot of tracks on this album that still sound cinematic they're just in a different kind of film, do you know? Um, and I just think that, yeah, those, maybe those other, those bigger albums or even, you know, when I was listening to All Mirrors, I, I was like, this feels like something that I can enjoy at some, you know, undetermined point in the future. It just doesn't feel like I can connect with that right now. I, ca- I can't really connect to bangers at the moment. I think I'm much more in a space where I'm looking for that you know that that feeling of of somebody being on shaky ground which is where I think Angel Olsen is perfect that's that where she does her best work when she you know she has that warble she has that um like that's that's in the kind of it's in the very bones of her musical timbre and her musical aesthetic is that she sounds shaky and she sounds like she's maybe on the verge of tears sometimes or she she sounds like she could just go off and start crying in the middle of a song but but at the same time she's you know she sounds so strong and so um so assured um and i think that that is the re- that that's a reason why i just found this album so moving this week and so easy to connect to um while also finding it you know quite challenging as well which is what I look for in music so yeah I guess it's strange to have two versions of an album that you can delve into do you and you suggest you're what you're saying there suggests you probably go back to this one more than the other one but could you see yourself making a playlist of both I mean I think yeah I think what what I mean is that the the other version the the larger version just doesn't feel like it's for me right now and I'm very grateful yeah, to have future, both versions yeah yeah probably like there are songs on, on on that album that I've continued to listen to um tonight being one of them and the the title track um that I've continued to listen to since it was released but I think as an album and as a, a, a as a cohesive album because that was one of my other problems with with All Mirrors was that it didn't feel to me like it had that sort of narrative or it had that cohesion that ran through it whereas here um I can really feel like there's a story being told um from start to finish um and I think that that helps a lot because it's gi- it's giving me something to hold on to it's giving me 
stories, you know, which is actually something that I loved about the Taylor Swift album as well, is that I was being given stories um, and I wasn't just being given kind of abstractions, you know, um, even though that even though lyrically this is probably this and all mirrors uh, is probably the most kind of abstract that Angel Olsen has been in her career. But she. she but she, but she does it in, in in such a way that it is um it's just so it's so moving yeah and i i would really encourage people who've heard all mirrors and kind of who might think that this is just you know acoustic versions i mean i i, I hope that we've explained that that's not what the album is but if if anyone is if anyone thinks that this is just acoustic versions or it's a live version or or anything like that, I'd, I, I'd encourage people to listen to it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a whole new thing. mood. It's mm. a whole new thing itself. It's got a whole new track list. It's um, all of those things. Yeah. And if anything that I take away from it, it's that Angel Olsen is one of the most unique and interesting singers and uh, songwriters that we have at the yeah, moment. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think she's uh, she's great in in the in the true sense of that word. Um, I think that she's going to really really stand the test of time uh, when it comes to uh, songwriters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's take a bit from that other new song on the album, uh, "Waving Smiling." that was Angel Olsen album is called Whole New Mess and it is out this Friday 28th of August Um, in the meantime while we were uh, doing the album review there has been some breaking news yet again we're doing breaking news on a podcast (laughs) um (laughs) uh, EU Commissioner Phil Hogan is going to resign (gasps) fuck off (laughs) 
Yeah, it's on Twitter there now. Um, Shut so up. Uh, turns out he's going to resign uh, oh my tonight. Gosh. And uh, to bring it all the way back to... Um, oh my God. Sorry, <laughs> now you, you don't understand how much of my life this story has been like this. Oh, listen, been, I'm the same. I, like, I'm I've, absolutely... I've thought of nothing else. Um, oh, yeah. Since it's happened. Wow, we... Yeah, so source close to Phil Hogan, it's done, said Richard Chambers. Um so apparently he's Richard gone. Chambers, by the way. I know we, we we don't usually give shout outs to uh like traditional uh like news journalists, but God he's been playing a blinder, hasn't he? Yeah, never never, never 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 not stopping. Never not not stopping. He's <laughs> never not, just not stopping. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair play. Um so there you go. There's some breaking news. And to bring it back to what we were just talking about, which are reason to be cheerful, uh Carl Kinseva um said it was all over for Phil Hogan the moment Ursula von der Leyen, uh, actual von der Leyen, uh, liked a tweet by Jedford wherein mm-hmm. they suggested they replace him. <laughs> she not only liked it, she retweeted it. Did she? Yeah, yeah. He, they She's said, a legend. Uh, well, uh, they said, we have more EU connections than some people. We did do Eurovision twice. <laughs> so, yeah. They're right. It was on the cards. Thank God. Okay. <sighs> now we can breathe again about that. So uh, Well, right. until we get a new commissioner. Well, <laughs> anyway, look for, this for is this a evening music podcast. I mean, for this evening, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's where we're at. Okay, go. very good. Nice bit of closure there. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, okay, it's time for our songs of the week. Our first song this week is from Wyvern Lingo. It is called "Brutal Lottery." Ten thousand children slipped into the cracks, missing in action when we turned our backs. One last mile to feed. Mouth your feet, ten thousand vultures swirling patiently. This nameless meat is unaccompanied. One less mouth to feed, mouth to feed in this brutal lottery. Okay, that was Wyvern Lingo. Song is called A Brutal Lottery. Came out last Friday. Um, so the song is about uh, the continuing and harrowing situation where refugee children go missing in Europe while traveling or seeking asylum. Uh, it was the song was birthed by Karen Cowley, um, who was involved in the 10,000 Missing Children campaign in 2016. It was written based on that, as you can hear some of the lyrics there. It's really about um, not. Um, recognizing that these people or these kids or children are the same as Irish children or white children. Ten thousand children slipped into the cracks, missing in action while we turned our backs. One less mouth to feed. Also relates it to. Um, <clears throat> I heard a story several years ago: the bones of children from the famine boats washed up nameless on some foreign coast. Another century could have been you and me in this brutal lottery. So, uh, Andrea, you picked the song this week, which. Uh, is a good choice. Tell yeah. me, um, what's your perspective on it? Yeah, um, I I actually I interviewed Karen this week uh, about the song and about upcoming stuff, and um, 
Uh, have you ever told a musician that their music made you cry? Because it's always really weird when you do it. <laughs> um, I don't think so. Yeah, no, the so. first, I think the, the first time I, I, I listened to this along with the, with the lyric video, which is, you know, very, very simple, but um, um, just uh, therefore kind of very effective because those lyrics are so stark and they're so direct and... Um, I, yeah, I just think it's a it's a really beautiful and very very sad song, and it's it, it's a lovely way to um, to draw attention to this crisis that is probably being overlooked a little bit, and in other ways is being um, sort of marred by really um, awful racist rhetoric that is coming out of specifically the UK, but we're not without it here either when it comes to. Um, uh, migrants and, and and refugees. So I, yeah, I think it's it, it it's a really fantastic cause. I mean, when I was talking to Karen about um, missing children Europe, who um, will have the proceeds the proceeds from this band camp sales um, donated to them, they work on an EU level to um, enact change uh, when it comes to refugee rights, specifically the the rights of uh, refugee children. Um, I I was just really surprised um and you know that that kind of ignorance that you have towards causes that you're not fully in um just at the amount of work that they they do um missing children Europe that is and the amount of work that isn't being done on a European level as well so I think it's 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 an amazing cause it's it's and you know like by buying a Bandcamp song um isn't really going to take you or I very much to do but it does it does help um and the song itself is obviously very beautiful. Their their harmonies are kind of being used in a very harrowing way this time, as opposed to we're we're used to hearing them um, in a much more I don't want to say peppy, but a much more kind of upbeat kind of R and B tinged. Um, yeah, it's a hard thing to do way. to take those kind of very stark direct lyrics mm. and and. Um, turn them into something that isn't pontificating yeah. and um you know doesn't just sound like you're running through a news story yes um, yeah and i think that's very commendable yeah i mean this cause is, is clearly something that means a lot to to the band and um karen in particular um and i just yeah i just think it's a, it's, it's a really really amazing song um and a really lovely video too and a really great cause so you know it's three for three very good <laughs> Okay, uh, track number two this week is from your boy. It's my Father boy! Father John, FJM. Uh, it is a song called Papa, Papa, Papa John Misty. It is called 2S. Flying on past in your voodoo mask High on your own supply Had a dream. 
Okay, that was Father John Misty. Song is called Two S. This was this came out uh, on Friday with a another track called Two Or. Tell me about both of these songs, please. Yeah, so this is um, a double A side from Papa, um, and they are two like they're similar enough songs. Uh, it wouldn't be a stretch to kind of compare it to the the Angel also album that we were talking about. Um, they're not the same song, but they're they're kind of coming at the same topic from two different angles. Uh, two War is a much more, um, it, it's a much fuller kind of band sound from from him. And then Two S, obviously, as you heard there, is is piano and vocal driven with these kind of sweeping string, this sweeping string arrangement that that's kind of circling around it. Um, I chose Two S for the podcast because I it's it's my favorite of the two of them um it's it's um I I feel like I I've no idea when these were recorded um or when they were written but to me they they sound a bit like a pure comedy sort of era um I I reckon they if if they were going to be on one of his albums, it would probably be pure comedy, but maybe because they're a bit too, or this one anyway, is a bit too kind of um, personal and relationship kind of driven. It wouldn't have fit on that album, but just kind of aesthetically and tonally, it sounds like it's off that record as opposed to the last one, God's Favourite Customer. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I really adore this song. I really do. I think he's, um, I'm just, I hope he's okay. Um <laughs> Um, I, I think his 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 lyrics are really simple and really beautiful, which is when when I think he he does his best work when he doesn't um, when he doesn't uh, try to I don't know wrap wrap a simple concept up too much in metaphor. Um, I like when he does that with the big concepts, but here I mean, like just, I think the the line "Without the blues, you're tethered to." Uh, I'm sure you'd float away. Kind of says a lot about either where he's at or where he's at in his relationship or um I'm not really sure what it's specifically referring to but it's it's a it's definitely a line right <laughs> it's definitely pretty um and then you know that delivery of I had a dream and you were in it is is so affecting and it's just really nice to hear him still sounding so great and still releasing these great tracks um now they they were released for like a a singles club thing yeah like a sub pop thing yeah so yeah. it's it's really hard to tell if it's any indication of a new album I'm kind of like I'm not getting my hopes up because why should anything go my way um but <laughs> <laughs> okay all right <laughs> everything else about this year has been a shit show like why why should a new father John Misty album be be announced you know that would just that would be a good thing in in this in this year but um but I mean, God, I, I, I hope I hope he's making music right now because I really want to hear his take on all this. There's not many people I trust to um to kind of deal with the immediacy of the situation that we're in right now. But but he is Josh is a person that I trust with that. So I really, really hope even if he doesn't put anything out soon, I hope he's working on it. Um, And yeah, I love it. What, 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 what do you make of it? Um, Yeah, they definitely sound like... um outtakes from something possibly just looking at the uh, people involved the Haxan Cloak and Dave Sermonara uh, both of them were involved in um, the last album mm-hmm. God's Favourite Customer um, and they seem to have some origins between 2017 2018 mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, I'm interested to see what comes next. I'm I'm actually to pry. I am actually curious uh, to to know where he is at in terms of his personal relationships. Not that I usually am, but seems he did an, a very good album about one many years ago now. But um, like what is he kind of did like the the album about love? I think or, or about modern love. Anyway, maybe I I don't think I've ever done one of my little um uh. Dre goes deep on an artist about no, I haven't actually on Father John Misty, so maybe um I'll do one of those at some stage in the next six months. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love you, Honey Bear was like the album on on a uh, on love and relationships in in the modern world, yeah. and I don't know how. I mean, Jesus to to write an album like that and and to have so many people hear such a personal unique take on love and then to kind of have to like just li- live with the fact that that is out there and that your music is so personal that if you release a song that is like a breakup song <laughs> um, or or a song that indicates that things aren't going well like that you know how invested people are going to be in that so it's yeah it's really really difficult I mean that was only his second album and it was his first album that went you know it, it was the album that kind of put him on the map you know it was five years ago. A lot can happen in five years. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot can. Um, but I mean, things things seemed okay on the last record. So I don't know. I just hope he's okay. He's a he's a very gentle soul and he he takes in a lot of the world. And I just hope he's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I hope he's uh, um, managing himself and looking after himself at the same time. That is true. Um, okay, so now for something completely different. We were talking about escapist music earlier on. This is my escapism. Um, it is from Marie Davidson and Loy New. Um, Marie Davidson, you might know from the song Work It last year, which had the Soul Wax remix, which I played everywhere. Every time I DJ, pretty much. Uh, this is from a new album out on Ninja Tune on 25th of September. It is called Renegade Breakdown. The album is called The Same Thing. And uh, this is what it sounds like. And by the way, there are no money makers on this record. This time I'm exploring the loser's point of view. Never mind the term. It's a renegade breakdown. I don't want your advice on how to elaborate my speech. I have no interest. In your political agenda Your intentions fluctuate like the stock market Your masquerade is grotesque Your style Overcalculated The uglier I feel The better my lyrics get And I feel disgraceful Whenever you're around I saw you taking a picture last night So give me something to remember Your pointless opinion I couldn't care less How do you come up with such Meaninglessness Your cheap headlines Your lazy writing I wonder how it feels For you to sit around all day (laughs) 
Okay, that was Marie Davidson and Loy New. Um, it is called Renegade Breakdown. Now, this is particularly in my wheelhouse in terms of its sound because it is taking its inspiration from kind of space disco of the 80s and also a very particular strain of kind of dance music that was in the 80s. Um, very much bicep pumping. There's a song called uh, Walk the Night by the Scat Brothers. I'm going to play now just to give you... Um, this is like... A, a bit of a DJ classic now at this point, uh, often played, and it's got a lot of um, got a lot of bicep pumping in it, and it's very similar in tone to Renegade Breakdown. So it's Scat Brothers and Walk the Night. So that is <laughs> Walk the Night from the Scat Brothers. Very much a uh, inspiration, I'm sure, for Renegade Breakdown from Marie Davidson. I really like what she's doing, as she said there. Um, oh, by the way, there are no money makers on this record. This time I'm, I'm exploring the loser's point of view. And I like that kind of spoken word sass that she has going on and she's uh, developed over the last while. Very interesting artist. Uh, Marie Davidson is Canadian, uh, French, and uh, this new act is herself and she was in a band called S.A. Pa before and it includes them, the two players in that, Pierre Guerino and Azil Robital. And then, then, so then herself. So that's the three of them working. And that's the opening track from the album. And this gave me a lot of joy hearing this last week. I was like, yes, this is escapist music that I want to hear. This has got a bit of sass. It's got a lot of drama. It's a bit of theatre. It's, um, yeah, I've been really enjoying this the past week. I love this. I really love this. Um, I I mean, for me, it's, I mean, that the voice and, and that delivery is so... It's so engaging and so like it borders on funny. Um, it's really tongue in cheek, like kind of cheesy. I love it. Um, and you know that little bass riff that comes in every now and then, and then that like distorted electric guitar swoop. Those those were the two things that I really latched onto. So I was really happy yeah. to hear you play something else that sounded exactly like that. And I think that this is an area of electronic music that I'm very much unfamiliar with. Um, oh yeah, but if, it's one if, of the most fun. Like, if you have more of that, like, could you just send it my way? Because <laughs> I think I could. I could time to make a playlist, please. I could really get into that. I think um, it's it's got a kind of a. I mean, to bring it back to Lloyd Webber, it sounds like it's maybe going to go into <laughs> yeah, Phantom yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Opera or something. Yeah, it's, it's really, a bit like Jesus Christ Superstar or something. Right, yeah, really theatrical and really kind of like, I, I like that cheesiness. I like that kind of, um, that theatre of it, that campness. Um, yeah, love that. So if you've got if you've got more of that, please send it my way. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Sweet. I think the Walk the Night is a song um, that was in a film 
by uh, that I think oh uh, Al Pacino was in. Oh, what's it called? Again, you're speaking my language. Yeah, exactly. Like, are we talking seventies Pacino or eighties? Oh, probably. 80s I think Pacino, it's eighties. Right? Is there a film where he goes uh, undercover in into some gay club? And that's his whole thing in the Pacino. film. It's cruising. Is it cruising? Yeah, cruising. Nineteen oh, eighties yeah. American uh, erotic crime thriller starring Al Pacino. Oh my I god! Think that I song haven't... is on it on yeah. the soundtrack. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Actually, Nor have so. I. Um, I'm okay. looking. I'm looking at it now. He looks might great. Be to, might be one to add to the list for this yes. week. <laughs> Absolutely, because I so, yeah. m- remember I was going through my Pacino season. I didn't actually yeah. get beyond the seventies because oh, okay. So ha- Harry stopped right me. He was it. like, he was like, I don't want to watch any more Pacino films. We need to watch other films now. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna get back on it. I'm gonna pick it up with Cruising. I think this looks great. Okay, nineteen eighty. Uh, absolutely sweet. Very good. Okay, <laughs> class. I I will definitely maybe put together a playlist and actually I might share with the patron subscribers as well. Um, if I can figure out enough tunes that sound in a similar vein to that, I think I can do it. Patreon.com yeah, forward one to do. slash neither nine. <laughs> exactly. You're the only. It's the only way we're making money right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, do consider supporting from five a month. So uh, our final track of the week is from James Fitzpatrick Morrow. It's called I Should Go and features production from Kenny Beats. I never thought I'd ever need you around Hard enough to be me only Never thought I'd die for the sound Hype it up or make it lonely What about you? What about you? About you? About you? me less miserable all about you about you about you That's James Vincent Morrow, song is called I Should Go, um, that was released last week and uh, came with some actual gig announcements. Um, so James is one of the few people next year who has announced some regular gigs in the Big Top in Limerick, um, Leisureland in Galway, Telegraph Building in Belfast and Olympia Theatre. March next year, March is going to be a busy, busy thing if if we if we manage to be able to put on. I, and that's my question about those events, people are putting on those events and selling tickets for them. I presume they're not selling the full venue uh, capacity at I'd the moment. I'd assume they're not, um, yeah. I'd say it's, so. a, it's, it's an 800 ticket sort of business for a place like the Olympia like sure yeah. yeah I can't see it being full capacity by March but this song is uh, probably coming from his forthcoming fifth album which is due to maybe be released before the end of the year it seems um, I like this a lot I think it has a lovely kind of soft funk hip hop sway to it Kenny Beats has done a lot of work with rappers over the years and uh, I really liked this slight change of direction in it um, and also excited to hear that he's worked with Little Silva Paul Epworth and Patrick Waverley on the upcoming album as well so that suggests a few different styles coming down the line and uh, I'm excited to hear that uh, I think it could be very interesting so um, I really like the song a lot I think this is my favourite song he's done in quite a while 
That was pre- precisely what I was going to say is that the, I think this is this is my favorite song he's done in a while. Yeah. Uh, it's all about the groove in this one, right? It's just you can't you can't help but like give yourself over to that. I think it's it's such a strong track and I think I think yeah the 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 production on this is impeccable. Like it is it's so um it's so crisp you know um and i think the the drums especially sound really 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 nice to my ears um yeah i love this direction i hope i hope the album is uh is kind of more of this more of this sort of um groovy vibes if i may um <laughs> groovy vibes uh, andrea cleary music journalist it has groovy vibes <laughs> but um yeah, you know, I I I I think we we've heard what he can do in in other kind of maybe more stripped back areas. So I think it's really exciting to hear him build on that now and do interesting things with rhythm and and you know his his voice remains this kind of this anchor within that. Um, because I think he's got such a he's got such a distinctive voice and such a powerful voice. I mean, I watched him on um, it was songs from an empty room. He was on. Yes, yeah, I watched him on that, and you know that voice is just it's so. It's so strong. It's so um, it's so engaging. So I'm really excited to see it go in in a new direction. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited about like uh, I mentioned Patrick uh, Wimberly there. He uh, is one of uh, originally worked in chairlift and did a lot of production, doing a lot of production currently at the moment. Uh, most recently, well, James is one of the artists he's working with, but he's in the last few years worked with a number of people like Solange. Um, Soko and uh, Anna of the North as well. So, and Little Siva as well, one of the really interesting UK producers, and Paul Epworth, of course, who has done many, many things over the years. Uh, used to be called Phones, but has really gone on to work with uh, Florence and Adele and all sorts of people in the last uh, number of years. So, yeah, exciting stuff. Um, so I really like when I'm here and there. So, um, yeah, uh, I am excited to hear. So, that is our songs of the week this week. Um, what else have you been up to? Uh, what else have you been enjoying uh, in the last you, while? What's been consuming you? You go first because I have to think about it. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm. I haven't got. I'm. It is Wednesday now. The day that Tennis comes out, I'm hoping to see it next week. Okay. Um. So in anticipate anticipation for that, I watched rewatched Interstellar. Um. Just because I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was kind of going. What is this like? Um, it's kind of silly, but um, I did enjoy it. Um, I I love Interstellar. I I do. I think it's really like I don't. I only saw it once, but I remember. That's I, why I want to be watching. Yeah, it was only, I've only ever seen it once. I, and I was like, I hmm, cried. This is good, and I think if I cry at a film, that's probably a good um, a good indication of it, at least like me having a positive experience with it. I don't know. Like, I think it's so hard to know with Nolan, with those sort of like high concept Nolan films about whether or not they're like good. Um, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people come out of Tenet and saying, I have no idea if it's good or not, but I enjoyed it. And then a lot of critics being like, no, it's not good. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but I'm I'm not a film critic, so I feel like I can probably go in and just um, just let it happen to me. You know, that's, that's what I want yeah. anyway. And I think, you know, like everyone said, because it's one of 
the only major film back in the cinemas when they're really re-showing things and, yeah. and re-showing old films. It is nice to be able to have that experience. That's tenet. And Christopher Nolan film is not the kind of one you can go. It is definitely suited for cinema is what I mean. Yeah. Um, a big screen. So yeah. um, I'm excited to see that at the very least. So whatever else happens is the same. Um, I did also complete season four of The Sopranos. So I've got like two left i've got um 21 episodes left of the whole the whole series just, uh, just really the en- 21 yeah just, just 21 but I, I really enjoyed uh season four of um the sopranos uh, in particular it was a bit of a lull you know it's like when you're watching something i started watching this in like april or something mm. and <clears throat> i'm kind of glad i'm taking time with it now because it's actually been really good i think you started watching it at the beginning or a li- maybe a couple of weeks into lockdown because i remember yeah, we, so were ta- april, we were talking yeah. about it around that time yeah but it's just so good and um e- like edie falco and um Gan- gandolfini James Gandolfini are just so brilliant, such brilliant actors. Sorry, yeah, and uh, they're such such brilliant actors. And just watching that is reason enough to, you know, even though I'd seen it before, but I didn't quite remember everything. Um, and I've just been really enjoying all of that stuff. Uh, I did say to myself I would watch. I would. Uh, well, I didn't watch anything while I was on holidays because I was on holidays. But um, I did say I would read a book. I ended up reading Endurance, <laughs> the book about. Um, the uh antarctic mission um that uh tom crean and shackleton and all took in the antarctic in 1914-15 um which has just a gripping book it's like if you wanted something is that the i is that is that the one where the derek Mann poem was about it the i i'm just going outside and maybe some time no that's scott oh okay um yeah um no, so endurance is the uh, the one that took the the trip across the Antarctic, and just the craziness of them getting stuck in the ice for months on end, drifting um, in the middle of nowhere. No, thank you. Yeah, then their ship uh, sinking, and then dragging things across ice and ice flows for many months. Somehow, um, spoiler alert: nobody actually dying, and uh, eventually, like nearly two years later, getting rescued. It's crazy, Whoa. crazy story. I don't, I don't know um, that story. I don't think. Oh, it's just unreal. And yeah, like it's good. The endurance book is good. It was written in the fifties, and um, it takes a lot of the the diaries of the men that were on board. So there's twenty four, twenty six, twenty seven, maybe total. So a lot of them kept diaries. So it's quite detailed in terms of what happens. Mm. And, it's and then really is it a, a biographer kind of putting it together and telling the story yeah. kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. Did it really did it good. make you contextualize <coughs> like your own situation within a pandemic? Was it was it what was it well, one of those kind of things where you're reading it being like, well, it could be worse. Yeah, it could be worse. Yeah. I mean, more than anything from the book, you just come out of it going, they spent pretty much two years in cold, damp um sleeping bags from the nineteen 19- like tens you're like they were not good sleeping bags no. i'm surprised there was a couple of people who suffered but like they didn't die and they didn't even get like severe frostbite or anything like that i mean while they did have really horrible situations and one of them has to get uh, uh, a leg amputated and stuff like that but just like it was you know for the most part they managed to survive it's just really human 
uh, endeavors and just like also it's a crazy thing in the first place to even do um, like it is you know, like let's be honest yeah. you know like what, <laughs> like it was, what it was basically, really were you expecting to happen you know yeah well like Shackleton <laughs> did this because it was the only thing really left because the polls were already taken uh, and uh, in previous years so he was like he needed to do something turns out uh, Shackleton was born in a tie in County Kildare did you know that stop it didn't know that no there's a there is a statue in Ethai uh, to Ernest Shackleton. So there you go. There you go. Very good. <laughs> so very interesting book. Um, uh, Alf- Alfred Lansing, I think, uh, wrote the book itself. So I would recommend that if you're looking for something nonfiction um, to read that is uh, thoroughly engrossing. I read it in two days flat. Um, very very good. I couldn't put it down. So that's pretty much me um, and I mean off, yeah, off the yourself? back of that I'm going to sound very uncultured when I tell you what I've been watching <laughs> um, I've been watching Selling Sunset have you heard about that? oh uh, I tried to watch this and I Niall, was like nah it's a fucking nightmare and I'm, I'm in it now like I can't I can't look away I don't like I don't watch the Kardashians or you know I don't really watch any of those shows like I don't watch Love Island um, but specifically those American shows that are you know uh, supposedly you know reality TV but it's all very staged and it's all very set up but there's something about Selling Sunset I think it's probably what drew me in were the houses um, and just like looking at so for anyone who doesn't know um, it is about a group of real estate agents who are working in the Hollywood Hills um, and the kind of areas around that like the valley um, but it's like three are, seasons right there's three seasons yeah because um, I tried to watch start watching the first I was like there's too many of these if it was just one season I maybe could have uh, they're, they're short episodes and you do absolutely fly through them but uh, yeah it's this group of uh, all female real estate agents who are like hyper glamorous um, they're all absolutely awful to each other they're terrible people not all of them, but most of them are terrible people. That's kind of the crux of the show is is um, these very successful women who are selling, you know, houses that go up to like $75 million um, while also being horrendous people to each other. Um, and I just started watching it with my housemate. We were like, I will give this a go. And we're absolutely hooked now. But like what's so fun about it is they have they do this transition music through, through, throughout all the scenes. Um, and they obviously didn't pay for like licensed music. They just got some girl and it's like, I think pretty sure it's the same girl throughout all three seasons. They just got some girl into a studio and they were like, okay, just sing something vaguely related to the scene that's just happened. And it's just <laughs> the lyrics would be like, oh no, got my high it. heels on and I'm going to the valley or like. Pounding right. on the pavement, I'm gonna win, and it's just like well, I would recommend watching the show with the uh, with subtitles on on Netflix, so that you can see the lyrics that are in between. Because it's genuinely like if I knew anything about video editing, I'd make a supercut. I, I really hope somebody out there has made a supercut of all the lyrics because they're unbelievable. Uh, they're my favorite part of the show, and I try and sing along with them when, when it does happen. But yeah, I'm on season three now, and. Um, Everyone's still being awful to each other and I can't look away. So, and then the, the other thing, I haven't been reading really, um, been taking a bit of a break from reading. Um, I haven't really been watching anything. Oh, do you know what I did watch actually, which is brilliant. And I've been trying to tell everyone to watch it, is um, Middle Ditch and Schwartz um, oh, yeah, yeah. on Netflix. I watched one of those, yeah. Um, I watched all three of them in like one day. 
And they were just, just absolutely tonic. It's um, Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch, who are comedians. Ben Schwartz, you'll know, is John Ralphio from um, Parks and Recreation. And Middleditch, you'll know, as the the main guy in uh, Silicon Valley. And they're both um, extremely seasoned improv comedians. And they do what's called long-form improv, which I didn't know was a thing. So basically, they come out to a stage in a theatre and they talk to one person um about a situation that's going on in their lives and get get a kind of a feel for it and then they go and they improvise a 50 minute long uh like story um that has a beginning middle and an end has multiple characters and to see them work and doing that is absolutely astounding um the first episode in particular is unbelievable it's the episode with the wedding it's probably the one that you saw did you yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it is absolutely astounding I actually never finished that one for whatever reason are you joking the end got oh my god it all distracted oh man you need to go and watch it again because like <laughs> how it all comes together at the end is masterful like it is just unbelievable Um, but yeah they're really really great so I watched those and then other than that I've been back watching a lot of like Dark Souls less plays um, like not speedrunning or anything, just people who aren't that great at the game or who are like rel- relatively new to the game playing it. Um, and I think that's just something I do when I'm, when I'm, it's kind of like comfort food for my eyes. I just watch people playing video games in, in Let's Play. So I'm into Dark Souls at the minute. So that's it really. That's all I've been doing, I reckon. Very good. Have you been listening to anything? Yeah, I, I listen to Bright, Bright Eyes record. Yeah, I was just about to say I listened to the new Bright Eyes record. I love it, really, really love it. Um, was really impressed by it, and um, have been listening to it a lot over the past week. I think it's really great to hear what Bright Eyes sound like in twenty twenty. Um, and it, there's definite maturing going on there. And uh, Connor Oberst, I think his songwriting chops are still you know as strong as ever. Um, and it's a much fuller, bigger sound from the band. Um, yeah, really, hi- highly recommend that. Have you have you listened to it yet? No, I haven't actually yet at all. It's great, um, haven't got to it. Um, I, th- I think I think if people find the the kind of the uh, general bright eyes uh, <sighs> that kind of sound a bit like you know the word depressing gets thrown around about bright eyes. Um, but I think if people are put off by that, they might they might find something to like in this record because it is a bit fuller um, and a bit more band sounding, you know. Sweet. Okay. Uh, I've been listening to uh, Michael Kiwanuka's album from last year, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiwanuka. Um, I have a copy of on vinyl and I've been putting that on the stereo a lot. So cool. been enjoying that a fair bit. Um, that's really it. Other than the playlists that I listen to myself that I make for Patreon subscribers. Um, I've been enjoying them too. I listened to them on holidays. It was great. Good. Cool. <laughs> nice to have something like that um, in the bag. Yeah. To, to uh, the other to thing I've been listening to is the the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Just really listening to that like a lot in the past week or so, and um, just really annoyed at myself for having slept on that album for so long. You know. Well, don't be too hard on yourself now. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right, Niall. It's it's okay <laughs> to come a bit late to albums. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah. And sometimes, like, like for me with the Kiwanuka record, everyone kept telling me it was so great, and I was like, yeah, I know, I, I should get to it, but you yeah. know. Just, Space and time sometimes. I think I think critics put a lot of pressure on themselves to hear the thing immediately. And if they don't engage with 
the thing within two weeks or something. It's like, well, it's gone forever. I've missed my moment. And it really yeah, doesn't true. work like that. No, it does yeah. not. It does not. Sometimes um, yeah. you have to go back and listen to something you've not heard or something you miss. Um, so yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, anything else come out? Like normally we'd be uh, in a pri- in a prior life, we'd be advertising things we were doing. Um, no. Don't have anything to advertise other than um, our last week's guest, uh, Denise Chyla, is on RT this Saturday, I believe, with the RT um, Concert Orchestra performing alongside them at half nine on Saturday on an event called Shine On. Dermot Kennedy is also doing it. See, he sold 30,000 tickets for his uh, live stream event um, yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah, saw that, yeah. Fair play. Yeah, That's good man. Decent heft. I wrote a, I wrote a review of um, the Lancome show um, uh, for the Journal of Music, um, which was an incredible evening. Um, it was really, really nice to kind of feel connected to people over the internet uh, via the Abbey Theatre and Lancome and guests. So yeah, it was that was really, really amazing. It's a shame that you can't actually get it at the moment, but um, ho- hopefully they'll make it available again for people who, who missed it because it was, it was really, really good. Yep, that's it from us this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with another podcast. And in the meantime, we're going to finish with a track from a new artist, Berlin-based artist called uh, Lucy McWilliams. You may know her father, who's a very famous economist, his name is uh, David Mac Williams. Um, so this is a lovely track. It's a debut track from her. She featured on a song with Malachi earlier this year called Fair Play. And this lovely summary tune is kind of a uh, bossa nova or and B vibe. Uh, it's called Runaway. This is Lucy Mac Williams. And uh, <coughs> patreon.com forward slash nine or nine to support us, please do. Uh, and you can find Andrea Cleary on Twitter at... Um at Andrea Cleary underscore and I'm on Instagram at Andrea Cleary underscore underscore which I I didn't know but somebody had to point out to me recently that I actually have two underscores in my Instagram name but um yeah you can catch me there I, I'm 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 around you'll see me that's right and uh yeah so uh thank you very much for listening and appreciate it um bye look after yourselves stay and safe talk to you next week bye, bye. Run away, run away, run away with you I know it's not that simple To run away, run away, to run away from all of the things that we said just yesterday From all of the pain that we felt just yesterday But I know deep in my bones that I need you We're never taught how to love, but I want you to Teach me everything you know, cause I love you so Yeah, I love you
Extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.